0: Welcome to another episode. I hope you guys are feeling great. I hope you're binge listening to all these episodes. I love when I talk to people and they tell me, oh, I've just been listening to all the episodes kind of back to back, and it just makes me happy to keep creating content and knowing that you guys are enjoying it. Today, we're talking about how risky this business is, really. I was talking to a, a prospective client recently and As it naturally comes up, and I'm sure a lot of you guys are being with it, is just how potentially scared you might be to dive into this business and to transition either from your job or to invest quite a bit of money or just time or whatever it is that you're putting up in order to start this business. And I was reflecting on something that Elon Musk said. If you guys don't know who Elon Musk is, then. One, maybe you're living under a rock, or two, I'll just let you know, he is the uh, founder of a car company called Tesla that everyone's familiar with. Just a great entrepreneur, um, kind of an engineer by trade, but an entrepreneur um, in practice. And he was saying, you know, in an interview that a lot of people over-assume their risk when it comes to business. Now, it's not to say that some of you guys don't have real risks. You guys might have family, you guys might you know, have to change your lifestyle, there's risk involved. But if we look at it in in a, in a kind of, you know, in a higher level perspective, I was thinking about how, you know, you basically have a few risks, some of them, which are just totally illusions, which get people caught up. And, you know, one of them is financial, right? That's a, that's a risk. And we'll talk more about that. The other one is, um, time which you can't get your time back. Then the third one is social, right? Which I think a lot of people, I'll kind of start there. I think I really call this like and it's a risk that isn't real. It's just for your ego, right? A lot of people don't start businesses because they're so scared of what other people will think. People around them told them, you know, maybe have even told you, oh, don't do it. You're gonna fail, it's hard, all these businesses fail. And, and so you're not wanting to be seen as a failure that's not a real risk. It's just ego. And we got to get over that in life if we're going to do anything that has uh, any significant impact. Because most of the time, people who create significant impact are told that they are crazy, just like I was told I was crazy for a long time, not just for starting a business, but for changing my diet, because I became uh, uh, all plant-based, what is it now, 16 years ago, right? So when that was happening, people told me, oh, you're going to die and just, just all kinds of crazy things. And then you know, 16 years later, everyone's like, oh, you're a genius. And so so, uh, I think things often happen that way, right? Because we can't, people who are leaders can't follow the herd. Otherwise, you're just a follower. You're not a leader. You have to pave the way. And entrepreneurs traditionally are leaders. And so that's one of the risks. Now let's talk about financial risk. Now, depending on how much money you're investing, and, and you guys may know, I don't suggest that you guys invest your whole life savings into this business. Um, while it can be something that you invest a portion of your money, and and I I, I say that, um, but also knowing I was someone who did that, I I <laughs> you know I did invest almost my entire life savings in starting this business, and it worked out well. Um, and in some ways, it kind of made me work harder. Um, So I say that, but take it with a grain of salt, but I say that because there's other ways to mitigate your risk, right? So I'm not someone who is very risk-averse, which is why I was able to do that, because I thought, okay, you know, worst case scenario, I was young, and, you know, I'm still relatively young, but this was over 10 years ago, and I thought, hey, if I lose all my money, I can make it back, and this is an opportunity, and and it allows me to kind of open this business with some speed and momentum. Um, If you are more risk-averse, You can always get money from investors. You can get money from banks. Now, banks are generally going to make you guarantee the loan. So you're still on the hook for that money, but you can pay it back if you've got a job. And, you you know, you can get a job. You can pay it back over a period of time. Um, it's the loans are generally quite a a bit more aggressive than, you know, your average like home loan or something or credit card loan, um, because of the the amount and the the time frame that you have to pay it back. But another way to mitigate your risk even more is just to get investors because investors are going to take equity in your business. Traditionally, it's not to say that they can't position it as a loan, but let's say traditionally they're going to take equity in your business and they're putting up some money, which is risk for them. And if you put up zero dollars, let's say you put up a little bit of money and your business fails, well, you haven't really put up so much money, and most of the money was from investors. And it's not a great thing, but overall, your financial risk is quite minimal. It's literally zero if you put up none of your own money, or it's minimal to whatever amount that you put up. So there's ways to mitigate risk in that respect. So the last one is time, which, you know, if you're pursuing something that you are passionate about, it's the best time spent. Whether you quote unquote succeed or fail, it's a a success because you've put your energy towards something you're passionate about, which is what life is about. You know, I think about how we've grown to be people who are so success and failure, judgment oriented. Whereas when we're children, we spend so much time like when, you know, we're learning how to walk or we're like learning a new skill. Just the enjoyment of putting our attention towards something that we're interested in is everything. Now, granted, when you're a kid, you don't have to provide for a family. You don't have the same kind of responsibility. So I get that it's not a perfect analogy. But I think the mentality that children have around learning is is so much better than what we grow into as adults. And so just consider, let's say you do spend a year of your time or two years of your time, you know, your business runs for a little bit and then it quote unquote doesn't succeed. You know how much you would have learned in that period of time that you can take into something else that you do? Because, you know, contrary to popular belief, the road to success is actually a road from you know, it's 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 failures that create stepping stones towards that place that we call quote unquote success. That's the reality. And the people who are the most successful are usually the people who don't make a big deal about failures. They just keep going. Right. They don't. And they they live big lives in the sense that, you know, the idea of them opening up a juice bar and maybe it doesn't work. It's just not this big thing for them. They don't make it a big emotional thing. Uh, uh, you know, uh, catalysts in their life to start this downward spiral into depression. They're just like, oh, yeah, okay, that didn't work in learning. I'm, I'm trying this business. Okay, I'm trying that business. And then eventually they just hit it, and you only need one. Robert Kiyosaki said something awesome, and if you know much about his story, he's the guy who wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And he was talking about how everyone around him, and, you know, he's he's quite well off now. I don't know if he's a billionaire or, you know, his net worth is in the hundreds of millions. I, I assess from the things that he's talking about. And he talks about how when he was starting his businesses, because he started quite a few that didn't go well, and he, and he said people around him would say, hey, Robert, you know, 9 out of 10 businesses fail. And he said, oh, okay, then I just have to start 10, right? Because I only need one to work. I don't need, I don't need all 10 to work. I, don't, I just need one. And so he talked about how he went through this like wallet business and he had this other business. And eventually he stumbled upon some things that were really working for him because he learned along the way. And so he to me is and and there's so many other people who are just these um, great uh, individuals that we can reflect on their story and their journey and think about how when you just you just know you have to do it. You just know it's, it's such an interesting thing. And some people don't have that, right? And it's not to say that, you know, if you don't have that, you shouldn't still do it. But I think that's, you know, a lot of time entrepreneurs and people who are entrepreneurs, they just know they have to do it. And I was always that way, right? I, I just couldn't, I've never had a job and never worked for anybody else. And not to say that that's been to my benefit. It probably, you know, maybe there's a lot of things that I didn't learn because I could have, if I learned, you know, working in a food service restaurant, maybe. Um, but it's worked out okay at this point. So I'm not mad about how I got to where I am. But overall, the other things I want to talk about is, is, you know, there's ways, there's elements of risk in this business um, and in any business, depending on a number of factors. So one is, are you getting into a business that's growing or a business that's failing? Now, traditionally, this business is growing, right? People are getting healthier. Juice bars are like heavily expanding. Somebody that I was talking to in the equipment world was saying that it's kind of like being in the coffee business in the 80s, right? Where coffee is just a common thing and everybody drinks coffee. And, you know, there was a period of time where that wasn't the case, right? Starbucks has been around for who knows how long. Not, I mean, you know, probably 20 years at this point is my guess. Um, maybe longer, but in terms of their expansion, right, to, to the scale that they're at now. And the same thing happen- is happening with juice, right? People's minds are changing. And so you're in a growing industry. So that's that's reducing your risk a bit. Now, it depends on how saturated your market is and those things have to be analyzed, but that's one element to take into consideration. Now, what are the other elements? You know, it's all about it's all about reducing risk because your risk is exponentially higher proportionate to how well you execute, right? If you execute poorly, then you've got a lot of risk. If you don't invest in proper business development, which I see happen, and it's really painful to, for me to watch a lot of times, to be honest, because I see people who, um, sometimes come to us and maybe they're like, okay, you know what? I'm going to try to cut these corners. They cut all these corners and their branding doesn't look good. Their product development isn't good. All these things happen. And then they're open for a few months and they call us and they're like, I need help. We're struggling and, uh, we can't, you know, we're not getting sales. We don't know why it's happening. And then we'll analyze their business and say, well, you know, this is happening, that's happening. And then they're at a place where now financially they can't even afford to do it because they burnt all their cash in the front end, um, and just didn't execute well. So it, it gets risk. Sometimes we think, and I understand the mentality that, you know, you want to save money at all costs, but sometimes saving money at all costs gets really expensive. You know, there's that term that cheap is expensive in many situations. It's kind of like when you're doing something that's very important, like starting a business, or let's use another analogy, like you've got to get brain surgery, right? That's a big deal. So what do you want to do? You want to find somebody who's like just out of college, hasn't done any brain surgery, but will do it for like a really good deal because they need to get it on their resume. Do you want to do that? This is your this is your life. This is your brain. Same thing with your business. Do you want to like you know find people who don't know what they're doing, or you know f- try to figure it out on your own? And this is a big deal. This is your business, right? So you're, you're just creating more risk for yourself if you don't do it right. And so, you know, that's something to be aware of, that you can reduce your risk depending on how well you execute. And this is why, you know, if you guys do need support, as always, and I mentioned if you guys are listening to the podcast, reach out to me at Andrew at andrewatstarterjuicebar.com. Happy to talk about how we can support you. And the other thing I wanna talk about is there are other like micro strategies that you can take on to mitigate your risk. So things like when you get into a lease, can you negotiate sublease clauses? What are the terms that are connected to your lease? Is the landlord going to give you TI money, which is basically a rebate on your buildout so that way you don't have to come up with as much upfront cash, right? There's just all these other things that you can do to reduce your risk, but the big things is making sure you execute well and then realizing on a, on a kind of you know macro level that how much risk are you really in and are you over projecting your risk and is that making you unnaturally fearful when you really should have, yes, a reasonable amount of caution, but not to the degree where you feel so crippled that you're either not starting the business or you're making irrational decisions when you're going through it. Right? So I think this is one of the great benefits that people gain from working with us is because people who are successful have a different, um, just different, a lot of things, mind state, emotional state, but they, they, they offer, a, and I find that in a lot of situations with clients that come up, we're able to offer a realistic perspective on, is this a big deal or is it not a big deal? And things come up and I'm like, you know, our clients might be freaking out a little bit. And I was like, yeah, you know what? It's not a big deal. Like, here's what we're going to do. Here's what I'd suggest that we do. And sometimes you can't have that unless you've, you know, it's like you're going to war. Well, I'd probably prefer to go to war with somebody who's been to war before than a bunch of people who haven't, because we're all probably going to be, you know, we're too we're too green. We don't know what's going on. So this is the value of having mentors and having people like us in our company support you and mitigate your risk and reduce your risk and really kind of be this insurance policy to make sure that you're doing everything correctly. Because a lot of times you can think that you're doing things the right way or in the proper order, and sometimes you just don't know. Um, so any you know, life is full of risk. If I leave my house today and when I leave my house today and, you know, get in my car, there's risk involved. But how much risk is there really? And are there things I can do to mitigate my risk? I can drive a certain speed. I can put my seatbelt on. I can make sure I follow all the laws and I'm not drunk. Like, these are things that can reduce my risk of, of, of having an accident and having something, you know, fatally wrong take place. Same thing goes for business, right? Same thing goes for business. So there's things that you can do to really reduce your risk if you approach it intelligently. But you have to know what you're doing. You know, you get into a car, you got to know what you're doing. You can't just have no training and just think, okay, I'm going to drive. Well, that's risky. That's, that's really risky. Okay. So I hope this has been supportive as always, wishing you guys a lot of success. And until next time, this is Andrew McQuarland with starterjuicebar.com and the Juice Bar Experts Podcast.com. Talk to you guys soon.